the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I welcome everybody this evening. We are going to start this evening with a very interesting guest. You know, we say we bring you the headlines streamlined. We also bring you very colorful personalities and brilliant opinions from all over the globe. And I think we have one of those tonight, Larry. Who do we have on the line? Uh, Yes, Wendy. Nick Adams was a presidential appointee in the Trump administration and is a four-time best-selling author, a motivational speaker, television commentator, business innovator, and a stage four cancer survivor. He has inspired tens of thousands of K through 12 students and motivated hundreds of thousands about the greatness of American opportunity. So good to have you back on the program, Nick. How you doing? Uh, Dr. Wendy, Larry, it's always a pleasure, delighted to be back, and looking forward to speaking with you this evening. (laughs) You know, Nick, on your website, you say you're Australian by birth, American by choice. What a powerful statement. Um, I would love to know, having been down under, and I love your country, I absolutely, you know, you, you have such a a friendly, warm, welcoming community down there. Can you let us know what uh, uh, really drove you and inspired you to come to America and then also to not only move here, but develop such a deep passion for our country and its freedoms? Well, look, it's a long story, but suffice to say, (laughs) there is only one United States of America. There's only one place that's unparalleled in the entire world that gives unrivaled opportunity, allows for unrivaled success, uh, and that's the United States. And so I was always drawn to that, and I came over here, uh, and I was really excited about the United States because it meant so much to me uh, to have have the opportunity that the United States was going to give, and the conditions that allowed the conditions that allowed uh, such success and opportunity to be to be uh, possible. Well, that's fantastic. Nick, you've started a new project you call Outlaw CRT. Although we've talked a number of times on our show about critical race theory, or CRT for short, for our new listeners, could you tell us what CRT is and why it is such a dangerous ideology? Well, CRT, Larry, stands for critical race theory. But essentially, CRT really stands for hate. 
it's just, it's basically something that is teaching our children, indoctrinating our children about America being an awful place, about Americans being racist, about Americans having so much to apologise for. It's trying to inculcate young Americans to hate their country. And it's tragic, it's sad, it's evil, really. And it has no place in our classrooms, no place at home, no place in our country. And Outlaw CRT uh, is a website that we came up with that is really a one-stop shop for anyone concerned about CRT. You can order resources and materials that will inform you on CRT, how to identify it, how to combat it, how to approach your school board about it, make a complaint, do things like that. Uh, Also how to, uh, you can sign a, a national open letter, you can sign a petition, you can get a ready made postcard that you can send out to various school districts that are teaching CRT. So we really wanted to get aggressive about it and essentially use the left tactics back against them on an ideology uh, and a curriculum that they have created. Is it a Marxist offshoot? Is it related to communism? Is is that what's happening with this uh, new theory, do you think? Very much so, yes. It's an offshoot of communism and socialism. Uh, it uh, it's a, it's about denigrating one's patriotism, denigrating one's love of country. Uh, it is exactly what the left love to do. They love to take away our confidence. They love to strip away our individualism, and they want to start as early as possible because they understand that the children of today are tomorrow's voters, they're tomorrow's leaders, and they want to get to them early. And it's something the left have always understood far better than us. And CRT really is the latest instalment of this effort to indoctrinate our children and to further the identity politics that not only does the left crave, but that is essential and imperative to their goals. You know, Nick, one thing that I was um, that we always talk about is, you know, I remember when we were growing up, we didn't have any of this going on in the schools. We were taught like, you know, math, science, you know, history. Um, and it was really kind of more down the middle. But, you know, in retrospect, people would probably look at our topics and say, oh, those were misinformed. They were socially um, inappropriate, et cetera. Uh, there is also a lot, though, that everybody agrees that should also be a part of school curriculum. You know, um, that Larry always says, I'm the silver lining of the show and kind of focusing on, you know, there's so many uniting factors among parents wanting to make sure that their kids learn how to read and write and that they get adequate exercise and, you know, just really become healthy young adults. Um, given all of the, the debate that we engage in over things like critical race theory and other things, are there still some areas where we all sort of can agree that we really should be focusing on teaching our kids? Well, uh, I wish I could say that there were, Wendy, but it doesn't really seem so because the <laughs> left really are all about turning uh, children against their parents and against their grandparents. At the heart of leftist, communist, socialist ideology is this idea, this principle of chronological bigotry, which essentially means that anything that's happened previously 
cannot be right. And we know better simply because we live in 2022. We know better than anybody else that's lived before us. Uh, we're more enlightened and, uh, and therefore we should utterly disregard and taint everything that's happened to us uh, before. And so because this is such a, a pervasive in the left thinking, it's very difficult to find common ground because even simple things like discipline that would have ordinarily been agreed upon by people of all political stripes and denominations, today the approach by leftist people or people that subscribe more to the socialist point of view is very different to someone that has a conservative or traditional principle. I personally think that the worst thing a parent can be is be a friend to their child. I think it's very important for parents to be parents and parenting should always come before friendship, really regardless of the age of the child. But that's something that has been vehemently challenged by the left. They don't believe in that at all. Uh, the left don't really believe in discipline. They don't believe in, in parents uh, ruling over their children with an iron fist. Uh, now, you know, I mean, obviously, there would have been times in my own childhood where uh, I didn't like it either. But tell you what, I'm, I'm really happy and really grateful that I was raised that way and uh, and I didn't just take everything as fun and everything as, as lightly as as I was allowed to because that's made me, I think, a much better human being. It's made me a much more successful person. It's made me infinitely, uh, I think, more of a uh, person for society that people can rely on. And, and Nick, just uh, before we get away from this topic, the, the CRT, now they don't actually teach full classes on critical race theory, right? Isn't it kind of in, brought in under math and English and history? They just kind of drop these ideas? Or, or how is it being brought into the K-12? through Larry, we've seen it happen in a variety of different ways. They get it in wherever they can. And yes, sometimes it's, it's done through uh, very unlikely curriculum sources like mathematics, like science. Uh, of course, the favourite, obviously, is history, uh, humanities, things like that. Uh, but it's also taught not only necessarily as a curriculum, but also what is said at school assemblies, what is shared in year group meetings uh, by teachers, by staff, by faculty, uh, different social justice approaches that principals or uh, superintendents will implement in the school. Uh, for example, many schools today celebrate multiculturalism above all else. So a principal will tell a student body that our school is really special because we have students from 127 different nationalities or different ethnic backgrounds and that's fine that's a nice piece of trivia but that is kind of celebrated at the expense of you know the same school won't say the pledge of allegiance every morning hey the nick we have to wrap it can you you want to give us your website really quick 
Yes, flagusa.org, flagusa.org, nickadamsusa.com. Okay, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Nick. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's always, it, it's a provocative subject. It's here to stay. What should we be teaching our kids? How much should parents uh, be involved? Um, and we will continue to stay on this, t- this subject. We're going to take always a short a commercial break. Please stick with us. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We'll be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I always try to bring you uh, some very interesting uh, human interest news as well. And we really don't need to go very far to find cases that really have that human element. But I have to say there is one that really has captivated the nation, and that is of what they're being, what they're calling the fake German heiress, Anna Sorokin, who basically lived the high life in New York um, leading many, many people to believe she was a, a rich heiress from Germany and tipping with $100 bills and basically flashing all the trappings of wealth that she didn't have. Now, as the author of Red Flags, I could probably go back and find plenty that were flying. But remember how tough it is when you're talking about people that you like and people that make you feel good, people that you like to hang out with. I mean, there's an incentive not to second guess every single thing somebody says or go back and fact check everything they say they've done or or everywhere they've been, every school they've attended. We generally don't do that. It's not a job interview. It's basically a social scene. Well, that ended up with a criminal trial from the uh, catwalk fashion week to felony trial for Anna Delvey, as she was known in New York social circles. And her entire life has actually spawned a Netflix series called Inventing Anna. And Larry, I do have to tell you that one of the reasons I think she got away with as much as she did in terms of really not raising the type of red flags you and I might expect to see is she almost invented Anna and became Anna in terms of the way she behaved in public. You know, we like to think we can see signs of nervousness and awkwardness when somebody is sort of playing a role and seeking to deceive, but she didn't display any of that because she seemed to actually believe the character she was playing. So that is such an interesting point, Wendy. So why do high-end scammers intrigue so many of us? Could it be dangerous charisma? Uh, So... Con men and women have always fascinated people. In the 1970s film, The Sting featured Robert Redford and Paul Newman as professional con men, while more recent films, including Catch Me If You Can, Ocean's Eleven, and Can You Ever Forgive Me, have featured A-list actors uh, that you would ease, you'd be sympathetic towards, even though they were fraudsters. So I, I just think it's part of the human nature that we are fascinated by these outgoing, usually very gregarious people that intrigue us and entrap us just by their their charisma, their politeness, and their social abilities. And I think it's fascinating. You know what's interesting, you know what's interesting about her along the lines of what you just said is 
Social abilities. I don't know whether she was somebody that anybody would say had incredible charisma. I think she was interesting. And, you know, um, it, but basically, and I guess this is sort of the silver lining of this story, the case illustrates you just can't fake it till you make it when stealing money because faking it is fraud. And, you know, I find it ironic that with all of the money that and we're not talking about, you know, s siphoning bank accounts or something very strategic and tech savvy. I'm talking about very personal swindling people out of money, people that she knew, people that trusted her. And when you look at it from that perspective, it's almost ironic that the straw that, that broke the camel's back, the actual arrest was for skipping out on a $200 lunch. So skipping out on lunch is what actually led to her downfall. But even when she got into court, some people wondered whether they were watching a fashion show or a felony trial because a lot of the coverage focused on what she wore to court. And even after conviction, she was convicted on a number of charges. And even after that, she's now facing deportation, but she was talking about, you know, what the next project was and, you know, talking about the Netflix series. And I mean, hopefully she's gonna be using the money for that to pay back restitution. I think that's the deal. But it was almost as if it was just more of the invention of inventing Anna. So it's just interesting that her story may be more of how could somebody possibly think this way and behave this way rather than somebody that was just so charismatic nobody would ever think that they aren't who they say they are which i guess according to you larry that even makes her more interesting well it does and you have to think back like what would how was her childhood like i mean what was it that that flipped the switch to caused her to do something this radical to, to co come to New York and just love the New York scene and then just to come up with this imaginary identity that, that fools so many people. Now she's got that Netflix series that you mentioned, but it's reported that Sorokin had used most of the $320,000 fee she was paid for the show to pay restitution to banks and other fines. So even though she's making, I think, a lot of money, perhaps, I don't know how they're doing that, uh, from the show, the Netflix show, she's paying a lot of that back to the people that she cheated. Right. And that's as it should be. What I think what people would like to see is an expression of remorse, because what she said, if you remember in her own words, she said, in my head, I intended to pay it back. So you say, how did this happen? Uh, sometimes people find fame addictive and the, the glitz and glamour of the jet setting lifestyle can be very alluring and attractive and addictive for many people. But that doesn't explain the fraud because there's, I mean, let's face it, most of us would probably like to, you know, take fancy trips and stay in nice hotels, but we wouldn't steal or lie to get there. So you're right, there's that component of it. How did that happen? But even though she's paid back some of the restitution, you wonder whether the fame, the uh, notoriety, and it is notoriety, it's infamy really, uh, generated by this Netflix series that a lot of people disagree with. A lot of people don't you know, agree that one should capitalize uh, on this kind of crime, whether that won't lead to more money-making opportunities in the future. You might remember we talked about this with O.J. Simpson and his, oh, his yeah. book that he was going to write, if I, if I Did It. I mean, we've seen this again and again, and I'm not going to date myself, Larry, but you and I both can remember other notorious criminals decades ago who did the same kind of thing. And they're capitalizing on the fact that People are fascinated with true crime. You know, I think I send you a country by country breakdown showing that we are near the top of that list in the U.S. as to people that just find it fascinating. Like, how could somebody do this? How could people put their trust in others that end up being so untrustworthy, sometimes even dangerous? And why does this continue to happen? Why can't we be better at detecting these classic cons? 
Exactly. And it was, it's interesting. How did this come to the forefront? I mean, there's so many cases all over the country of fraud and, and yeah. embezzlement and so forth. But apparently her story came to international attention in 2018 after a hit New York Magazine feature written by Jessica Pressler. And I guess once that took off and everybody started to read about this case, it became quite interesting. And I, I think it is fascinating that people, they do start to look at things. Well, how does she look today? Is this being you know broadcast on TV and, you know, not even paying attention to the basic crime that she's there for? Is you she- know, it, it reminds me of the reality that after every jury trial, I talk to my jurors and wouldn't you know that they reveal and they admit that they pay attention to far more than testimony, even though the lawyers aren't evidence. They notice what we wear. They look at the shoes. I mean, you know. It's a captive audience. Um, but speaking of captive audiences, Larry, I know that uh, there's something else on your mind that you may want to bring up in the time we have remaining today as well. Not that Anna Delvey isn't uh, fascinatingly interesting. Her last name is actually Sorokin. But right. What else is on your docket for today? Right. Okay. Kind of jumping over to a little bit of a different topic. I call this TikTok and other social media ticking time bomb bombs. And really, what was so fascinating that um, this month, earlier this month, the White House called in 30 super TikTok stars for a Zoom meeting. And they wanted to use them to kind of propagate uh, information about why are our gas prices so high? Why are food prices so high? What's going on with this war in Ukraine? And for one example, they used uh, Ellie Zeiler. Now, this young lady, she's 18 years old. She got famous by doing dances on TikTok and dressing really fancy in in, uh, outfits. She's got she has 10 million followers. An 18 year old has 10 million followers. Well, what's so funny about that, Wendy? Uh, yesterday, I actually signed up for TikTok. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing there, but uh, it was what all. What kind of a dance are you going to do, Larry? That's what we're going to. I don't know. It was out. it was all good until I um, until they asked for the year of my birth, and I kind of wanted to skip over that part. <laughs> but anyhow, it, it brings to attention the fact that. The power of social media. And we know that and what the government needs to do to rein in the influence of big tech. And when I say big tech, I do mean social media, Facebook, Google, uh, Twitter, and there's a bunch more uh, out there like that. And if it's true that the Republicans are going to be taking back the House in this November election and the Senate, they need to have some serious um, uh, a look and really call in a, a special investigative uh, committee, a, a special committee, one like the January 6th committee. What they've been making a mistake on, Wendy, is they have these committees, they'll bring in the heads of Facebook and Google, and those, and these people are really good at being evasive, and then they go back home and nothing ever changes. But if you have a January 6th type committee, like they're investigating that uh, melee that happened at, um, at, at the uh, Congress uh, building, uh, they have the power to subpoena uh, records, to subpoena emails, and to really get to the bottom of this. So I think there is so much more that the Congress can do to make this fair uh, for everybody. So you're not banning a current sitting sediment, uh, uh, president excuse me, from social media, and you're, you're not banning people for their, their views. And so that's what I think needs to be done. And so I'm hoping 
hoping that we're going to get to the bottom of this and really get some good regulation that's fair for everybody regarding social media because it is so powerful. All right. And you said it was a different topic. It's not. Remember, Anna Sorokin was Instagramming from her jail cell. It's the same kind of thing. Social media has such enormous power. So it's funny, almost every story you and I cover, even though uh, different ideologically and politically, sort of has that as a common denominator. So that's a, that was a good segue. Um, but we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we will be back next week with more of Today with Dr. Wendy. We are wishing you a wonderful, safe weekend. Headlines with the Silver Lining is back next Saturday night. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.